So morning ladies, thank you for the time today so that I could share my story. I'm probably going to read quite a lot off as I'm feeling a bit nervous. Um, the story that defines me is God's love and grace in my life. The story that has shaped me but is not who I am is that I have been married four times and divorced three times. It all started as a little girl with a dream of becoming a wife and mom, living in a house with a white picket fence and an apple tree in the garden. As I walked along my journey, I started to recognize where that dream came from and why it played such an important role in my life. I will share more as we journey together this morning. I became a Christian when I was 12, and although I knew Jesus died on the cross for me, it was not a close relationship. God was something I did on a Sunday, or I prayed to when I was in trouble or in need. God was not my number one priority, and I can honestly say that my Christian walk was a rocky one, with many stumbling blocks and potholes. At the age of 21, I got married. Six months later, I found out that my husband was having an affair, so we got divorced. We were both going to church then, but God was not the center of our lives or the marriage. I married him for all the wrong reasons. I married him for that white picket fence. At this stage, I was still a die-hard romantic, believing that I would find my one true love and that I was young enough to do that. After this divorce, I traveled overseas, and while I was all pairing in London, my faith and walk with God grew. I attended an NFI church in Putney and attended a Stoney conference. It was during this conference that I discovered that I had a father in heaven who loved me, far more than my earthly father could. My dad was a good dad. He provided and cared for me, although I grew up not hearing that he loved me or that I was his beautiful daughter and that he was proud of me. My dad, for his own reasons, always put his mom before his new family and this created a sense of abandonment for me. What I was longing for was the love and acceptance that only our Father can give us. I was able to forgive my dad and through that started my journey of self-discovery and why I was making the choices that I did. In Matthew 6.36, Jesus speaks about the love our Heavenly Father has for us. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your Heavenly Father feeds them. And you're not much more valuable than they. And when I hear the birds sing daily, I'm reminded how much more he loves me and how valuable I am to him, our Father in heaven. The longing for my white picket fence dream did not subside. I still believed that finding the perfect husband would complete me. I knew that I should trust God for everything, which included becoming a mom and wife. I knew this in my mind, but in my heart I was so scared that his plan for my life did not include becoming a mom and wife. I had not yet fully understood and grasped how much he loved me, did not fully grasp that his plans would not hurt me. So if it meant that I was to be single, I would find deep joy in that as it was his plan. I did not fully trust God. I did not submit him to him all aspects of my life. At the age of 26, I was married again and divorced again. We also attended church together, but once again I trusted my own judgment and did not wait on God. My longing to be loved was so deep and controlling that it consumed my every thought and action. There's no photo this time, as I destroyed all the photos from this wedding. I wanted to forget about it and pretend it did not happen. I was feeling ashamed and embarrassed. 
It was during this time that I read Keeping the Love You Find by Harville Hendricks. I needed to find out why my husband kept leaving me. Written by a Christian, Hendricks speaks about healing the childhood wound. My childhood wound was that I felt abandoned by my dad. So unconsciously, I kept choosing partners that would abandon me, trying to heal the wound. It's like having an alcoholic father and then you marry an alcoholic. What you're trying to do is that you're trying to end, change the end result. Once I was conscious of this, I started to look for men that were not like my dad, thinking this is a solution. I was engaged in Imago therapy, which is based on the book. Therapy is useful and, in, and required in so many situations. I do believe that God uses each other and different tools to teach us and help us heal. During the therapy, I learned more about myself and how I was showing up in the world. Surely now, with the extra tools and knowledge, I would make wiser choices. The desire to be with someone and to be in a relationship was so overwhelming that it consumed all that I did. When I went to church, I would scan the congregation for single men. <laughs> I tried blind dates, speed dating, online dating, you name it, I've done it. I believe that the, li the lies that Satan fed me, the lie that it's okay that my partner wasn't fully committed, as long as he believed there was a God. The lie that it was okay to live together and have a sexual relationship because I deserved it, I want to be happy. And the lie that you don't have to sign a marriage certificate because it's a man-made law. These lies, so many more were convenient and assisted me in getting what I thought I needed and I wanted it now. Breathe. <laughs> I also read and listened to other Christian women's testimonies on how God provided a husband. I was so desperate to get it right that I even made a list of the qualities that I was looking for in a man, just in case God didn't know or had forgotten. <laughs> I prayed and prayed. God, please show me who must I marry? Half expecting a knock on the front door and finding a man that God had sent holding a bunch of red roses and his white stallion parked in the driveway. <laughs> okay, go on to the next one. <laughs> it's okay. And just in case God got it wrong, I read books like Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man, and He's Just Not That Into You. Secular books that taught you the skills to have a perfect relationship, or in this case, not to choose the wrong man. I was missing the point completely, but God was so patient with me, He knew I was a slow learner. In my early 30s, I met my third husband. We knew each other for many years, met at work, and back then, the stats showed that 40% of couples met at work, so surely this must work out. I fell pregnant, and when Declan was 18 months old, we got married. <laughs> oh, it's the next one. <laughs> a month after the wedding, I found out that he was having an affair, and being for the last 14 months, I was devastated and heartbroken. I knew that my family and friends were shocked. I felt betrayed and foolish. But God is good, and he's good all the time, loving and forgiving me. During this time... I changed jobs and was surrounded by lovely people who supported me and encouraged me to heal. So it was back to therapy and trusting God with more of my heart. Sorry. <clears throat> I graduated as a life coach and completing the diploma was a huge learning curve as I could see how I was showing up in the world and could identify what I wanted to change about myself. It was not an easy road, and as soon as I thought I'd reached the top of the hill, 
there was another incline in front of me. So often I wanted to just lay down in the coolness of the valley and stay there. But I had to be a better mom for my son. I kept on walking along this road of self-discovery. I kept on slipping back to my old habits and engaging in relationships that ended in heartbreak. I could not hand over my life completely to God. The desire to be loved was so overwhelming. I had yet to discover and accept that only God can love me so that my every heart's desire was met. I attended a Women Within weekend, which is a beautifully held process weekend with only women as facilitators. During this weekend, I came to a place where I could openly share the longing to be loved and to be in a relationship. I explained it as a knot in my stomach. It then came to light that although I had forgiven my dad, sorry, and the other men in my life that had hurt and banned me, I had not yet forgiven myself. God had forgiven me, and how could I accept his forgiveness if I could not forgive others, which included me? This is for me the hardest, um, not the hardest part, but the really heart-wrenching part. Um, during my process, I was invited to lay across a row of women's laps, and gently they lowered a mirror above me. I looked in the mirror and saw a woman who felt ashamed of the choices she had made, ashamed for not giving her son a family, ashamed of the heartache she caused her mom and her family and her friends, and ashamed for not trusting God with all of her life. The tears streamed down my face. Then I looked in the mirror and I told the reflection, staring back at me, Angela, I love you and I forgive you. This was the start of a deep healing process. <clears throat> okay, that's over now. <laughs> the next big, big step was reading Captivating and Wild at Heart by John and Stacey Elridge. Besides discovering more about my heart, I discovered that God was waiting for me to want him and only him. I'd like to read an extract. And after years of hearing the hard cry of women, I'm convinced beyond a doubt of this. God wants to be loved. He wants to be a priority to someone. How could we have missed this? From cover to cover, from beginning to end, the cry of God's heart is, why won't you choose me? It is amazing to me how humble, how vulnerable God is on this point. You will find me, says the Lord, when you seek me with all your heart. In other words, look for me, pursue me. I want you to pursue me. My Father in heaven loves me. I'm his beautiful daughter, and he longs to be the priority of my life. Slowly I was getting it. I told you I was a slow learner. <laughs> I knew I had to start engaging in this knowledge of his love for me 100%. And then another lesson. At the church I attended in South Africa, Common Ground Church, they did a series called Love, Sex and Marriage. During the series I realized that I had taken a gift that was not mine to take. Sex. It was a gift for married couples, not for me. The other realization was that to be single is a privilege. And you can serve God with so much more of your time and resources if you are single. God was patiently showing me that he wanted me to be number one. And he wanted me to trust him with all of my being, my desires, my pain, my belongings. My, sorry, and my longings. <laughs> As this started to sink in, I felt a relief. The knot in my stomach disappeared. And for the first time, I felt freedom in who I was in him. I wanted to put a dress on and dance in front of our father with my arms open wide. 
<laughs> he is my joy. He is my love. He completes me. I joined a community group and I, that I could be accountable to. I immersed myself in seeking God's heart. Reading Jeremiah 29.11 made sense. And I could feel the words wash over me. His plans are the best plans, not mine, his. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> God showered his graceful forgiveness over my life. In 2012, I connected with a junior school friend and we fell in love. And I can truly and honestly say this is the husband that God has chosen for me at long last. It was so clear that God's hand was in this. I am blessed. This is why I call it graceful forgiveness. I did not deserve another chance. It is only through God's grace. This doesn't mean our, perfect, our marriage is perfect or that I have a perfect husband or that I'm the perfect wife. Far from it. Instead, what it means is that we have a perfect father whom we both serve and he is first in each of our lives as well as our marriage. God is my rock, not Michael. God is my everything, not Michael. God has brought us together so that we can support and encourage each other to more godliness and holiness. In John 4, Jesus meets and talks with a Samaritan woman at the well. I'm that woman at the well. Jesus sees me and he sees the broken marriages and relationships, but he loves me and forgives me. I'm washed as white as snow. I go to that well often when I'm thirsty and he fills me up and cleanses me. And, and when I visit that well, which is often, without a doubt, Jesus will always be there waiting for me. I've had to deal with and I'm still navigating the consequences of my choices and failed marriages. The pain of watching my son missing his dad and the battle as a blended family. But I know that Satan loves to rob us of our joy, often trying to remind us how we failed. But I'm God's beautiful daughter and I turn to him and know that he has forgiven me and loves me abundantly. For all those years that I turned away from him, trying to do things in my own strength, I know that God was never far away. As I walked away, he walked closely behind me, closely and quietly behind me, waiting for me to turn around. And when I did turn around, his arms were wide open. Grace-filled forgiveness, what an awesome God we serve. To end my story, I'd like to share the words from a beautiful Hillsong song called Oceans. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, take me deeper that my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. In October of 2015, I said these words as a prayer, asking God to teach me to trust him more. I did not know what the following year was going to hold, but God did, and he was there. In May 2016, we moved to the UK. During that year, my then 15-year-old son tried to commit suicide and ended up in the Priory for six weeks. My brother, who still lived in Cape Town, sorry, was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and passed away within five weeks. As I stand here today, I do not understand why God opened the door for us to move here. But it was going to be a year filled with heartache. What I do understand and know is that I prayed to God to teach me to trust him more. And that's what he did. There were times where all I could do was sit on the floor in the corner of my room, crying. 
out to God saying the same prayer over and over again. I had to trust him. There was nothing else that I could do. I knew that if I didn't, I would fall apart. I questioned, argued, shouted, begged. But in the end, I trusted. Through all the pain, he loves us, forgives us. He is our embrace and showers his grace upon us always. Thank you for listening. And I just wanted to say that if anybody wants to chat, come grab me at church and we can meet for coffee. Or I'm very open to sharing more or praying with you. Thank you.